You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast. Today, we have another magic Melburnian. I mean that in every sense of the word. We're going to explore the magic that we're now creating. We've only known each other a very, very short time, but there's explosions going on in our mind with all the ideas that we're sharing. We're going to share those with you today. I'm, I'm talking to Helen McDonald, a magic Melburnian, an awesome Aussie, and as I said, you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast, and it's all part of a, a project that I'm working on with my good friend Anne-Marie Cross, The Missing Link for Coaches. And if you want to know more about that, go to themissinglinkforcoaches.com. We've got heaps and heaps of goodies coming up shortly about this, including these uh, free interviews. Let me introduce Helen first, and then we'll go into this really, really cool conversation. Helen Mack is Australia's corporate optimist, creating optimum performance through systematic improvements in attitude, activity management, and achievement focus. Combining decades of experience in cultural change with practical psychology based on her Bachelor of Psychology, Helen works with leaders, individual contributors, and teams to develop an optimistic culture, delivering better outcomes. Welcome to the call, Helen. Thank you very much for inviting me, Keith. I'm, I'm very excited to be sharing some of my ideas with your audience and uh, hopefully really adding value to, to all the coaches out there who are wanting to add value to their clients. We, we, we work, we have a lot of friends that are coaches, and this is all about the idea of helping coaches be their best. And I just wanted to share a little bit of a technical story. We've actually recorded this interview already, but it didn't work. So ordinarily, that would be a disaster. But because of that bit of a mind glitch, um, magic happened. We created a URL and a hashtag in the magic while I was rebooting. We, we both collectively just had this brainstorm, we, didn't we? Yeah. Can you just explore this idea of optimism versus positivity and why sometimes when bad stuff happens, good stuff happens as a result? But you've got to you act. Do, and that's the key piece about my message, Keith, is that um, positive thinking has a negative impact. And pe a lot of people think, oh, good grief, how can you be working against the whole positive thinking um, genre and way of, way of being? And I say, well, the challenge is that just thinking good thoughts doesn't make anything happen. So, as you say, we had this little technical glitch, and if we had gone, oh, well, it'll be okay, then you might have been able to edit together something, and, and, and the, the coaches um, in your connection could have got some value, but instead we stopped, and we said, what can we do? And so, in the can we do space, what activity, what's the reality, where are we really? And the reality was we knew that we weren't going to get the best possible outcome. What can we do? Well, you could reboot your computer and we could start again. And in that space that we created, all of a sudden some new ideas sprang into reality. And then, of course, I had to pause while we I took action on it because there is no outcome without action. And that's the key around optimism. So optimism comes from a Greek word which means the search for good. And even in that definition, 
there is, uh, I should say a Latin word, meaning the search for good. And even in that definition, there is a verb to search. Can't, mm. You can't uh, optimize without a search for the best outcome. And in that search and the activity that you then generate to get towards that better outcome, things happen, magic happens. Magic happens. I mean, it tri- quite literally does. And like I coined a phrase today, I'm going to start using this all the time. Would you like hashtags with that? <laughs> because in the fr- first interview, and we'll talk a bit more about this in the course of this interview, but in the first interview, Helen introduced the idea of one million optimists. And I thought, I really like that idea. Let's go and grab the hashtag one million optimists. And then we took it a step further and Helen had to actually got so excited. <laughs> I mean, while I was rebooting, she went and bought two URLs. <laughs> One million optimists.com. And, and the, the exciting part about that is that now, of course, now I own that um, URL, which is really exciting, and that backs up my big, hairy, audacious goal, my BHAG, that I want to create a community of one million optimists on the planet because I truly believe that if we can get a, a large enough community having an optimistic attitude instead of positive thinking, an optimistic attitude taking action to optimize their outcomes, mm. We can solve literally all of the problems on the planet because optimism is the achievement mindset. It makes things happen. It's the achievement. Exactly what happened there. We had an idea. You acted on it straight away. While I was rebooting... You went and grabbed that URL. There was a little bit of a time lag. I had to wait around. I've had to fix my computer. But we've now got a new part of reality sprung from nowhere. And this is where we live. This is how we roll, as you, as you said. This is how we roll. <laughs> and I think a lot of, a lot you know, of good of, stuff happens. Good stuff happens when good minds come together and good stuff happens when good intent comes together. And that's really what you're doing with these podcasts, Keith, is you're, you're tapping into your fabulous network of interesting, clever people and sharing that information with other people so that they can make their worlds better. And every time good people come together and good intentions connect, better outcomes happen. And that's part of the optimism factor as well. There's a TED talk in this. There's certainly a book in it. But look, why don't we take it right back to the beginning and let people around the world hear your story. How did you become a coach? Have you always wanted to be a coach? Is, is this something you've always wanted to do or did you, did you fall into it later in life? I think it's not, it wasn't necessarily something I always wanted to be. It was just something that I always did. So even as a teen, Ah, okay. I've been yeah. doing this. I think before I even knew what coaching was, I was in. I was always into sport at school, so we had sports coaches. And but I never thought I wanted to be a sports coach. When I was younger, though, I would all often end up in conversations with other people. Initially, as a teenager with other teens, and then as a slightly older teenager with with um, young people, because I got involved in youth work and all that sort of thing. And I was always having conversations with people about how to get better results, how to connect better with school or how to connect better with their family or how to sort out a fight with a friend. It was just that literally a natural part of the way that I was. And then somehow in my early years before I, in my early years of work, before I added coaching as, a, as part of my portfolio of offerings, I would find myself doing the same thing at work, talking to colleagues, talking to, you know, even to managers. It became just a part of, I think it's less what I do and more who I am. My husband was on the phone yeah. just before talking to somebody. He said, yeah, Helen did, uh, did three lots of coaching last yesterday. 
um, just as an aside, while my husband was in hospital and I was in the in the hospital canteen, I was on the phone to three different people who were in crisis who just needed that calm voice to help them take the next logical yeah. step because they couldn't think straight anymore. Kept me busy, which was great, um, but it also added value to other people, which made my world a better place. Which meant that when I then went to you know collect block after the day procedure. I was in a better space, so he was in a better space. It was yeah. all a good outcome. It, it's not what I do, it's who I am. And I think a lot of your coaches out yeah. there will be. It's not what I do, it's who I am. It's, it's, it's why I love hanging out with people mm. like you, Helen, because, you know, we get energy from helping others, and it's the fundamental principle of humankind, mm. isn't it? I mean, That's it is. If you help others, you will be a better person and you will be happier. It's not one of those T-shirt aphorisms you just wear around and say and put on Facebook in a nice, pretty picture. <laughs> It absolutely rings true. Absolutely, it? and I think the my passion around optimism is that the that life is too short to be miserable at work, and one of the things that people do is they get miserable at work and they forget that slavery has been abolished, and you can make a choice to change, and you can change a couple of things. You can either change your work, or you can change yourself and your attitude to it. But either way, life is too short to be miserable full stop, but it's sure as eggs too short to be miserable at work. And even as coaches, we need to make sure that we're enjoying it, that we're still getting that we're still getting benefit from it, that we're still loving it so that we can add the most possible value to our clients. You know, this is what you've just said there really makes me realise why I'm so excited about this project. This is a project that's come from me, it's come from yeah. my soul. And the reason why is because, you know, I was a coach and I've got friends who are coaches and we have down oh. days and sometimes we have doubt. And we wonder whether we're, you know, we're doing the right thing. And sometimes just being around people that are doing it and sharing different ideas helps energize us, reinvent, even re, uh, redesign our future because we're probably going to create a product from what we've just, what has mm. just happened that I hadn't thought of mm. yesterday. Mm, exactly. And it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been in conversation, if it had all been theoretical, if you and I had been contemplating our navels and, and things that are good like meditating, we may have come up with some of these ideas. But by having two brains connecting, two hearts connecting, two souls connecting, it's a whole different thing. And in coaching, it's the same. If you can get a connection with a client where you're connected at an intellectual and emotional and a soul level, then of course you can take them further. That's great. And look, one of the reasons I'm doing this uh, this series of uh, podcasts is I do have a sequence. You might not think so. I'm an Aquarian male and usually I don't have any order to my life at all. But this particular process has a lot of order and there's a whole series of really great questions that I've already asked Helen and now she's going to reiterate them. Uh, so one of the questions I want to ask is who is your ideal client and who, who do you work with Who do you, and how do you help well, the, them? The fast forward answer of that, Keith, is that I have there's really two groups of clients that I currently work with and then a third group that is rapidly growing and I'll talk about that last. But the first group is managers in organisations. So I'm, as well as being a coach, I'm also a speaker and a trainer. And so often over a larger project, a one-year, two-year project, we will do inputs of skills building workshops and sessions, and then I will coach them for both the managers and for their, their teams, their individuals, and then I will coach the managers on their approach in terms of implementing all of the ideas that have come up in the training. How do they understand their teams better? How do they maximise the productivity and effectiveness of each of their team members? How do they get their team to work as a dynamic unit? So that coaching, which of course has that optimism as the achievement mindset theme throughout it, 
works in a corporate setting, hence the corporate optimism as my corporate optimist as my general mm. title. Mm. The second group that I work with is one-on-one coaching for usually for small business owners and solopreneurs, people like you and me, or people who are running a smaller business. Um, not, not a big corporate, who want to get better outcomes. And we talk about things like how do you develop and maintain the right mindset, the achievement mindset on a daily basis. Uh, we work on business marketing strategies, particularly on the person-to-person connection and on, on um, implementing the principles to get them better outcomes in their very small businesses or micro-businesses. And those two have been trundling along really nicely for a number of years and and, uh, had some great clients in those two spaces. The third one that's the little burgeoning one is the One Million Optimists idea, the idea of bringing together a community both face-to-face and uh, virtually. And then in that group, I'll be offering uh, both face-to-face and online group coaching where people say, I want to be a part of learning how to do more of this activating optimism. Mm, So mm, three different groups. mm. That is so brilliant. Now, normally, normally, this format of uh, Global Spotlight podcast goes for one session of 15 minutes. And usually, up until now, because I've done five so far, that's been enough. But, Helen, there's so much great stuff to share that we're going to take a pause there. And we're going to go come back for part two. And we're going to ask more questions. We're going to go deep into this idea of the uh, one million optimists idea. We're going to hear a, a lot of really uh, great wisdom. So stay tuned. Come back. Hold on. I'm going to go into some funky music now, and then we're going to come back with part two of the Global Spotlight podcast. <laughs> 